Hello, welcome to JasonNewland.com. My name's Jason Newland, and this is Let Me Boy You to Sleep. Welcome. Now, um, only listen when you can safely close your eyes. So, hope you're well. Hope everything's groovy. Groovy, badoovy. Oh. I'm tired. Very, very tired. Very, very tired. It's okay. I'll be okay in a minute. No, I'm still tired. <laughs> I'm still tired. So, what's going on in the world? What's happening? Right, I'm going to do my gratitude journal. I've just got out of bed. I've just woken up. So I'm going to do my gratitude journal. Here we go. I know it's not very, it's not very exciting, but hey, it might be. Do do do. What day is it? So the second, the second, first. Uh. Yeah. I can't believe it's November already. It's November, man. For some reason, I'm thinking about that medicine that I used to get as a kid. That was pink. That tasted really nice. Even the red medicine tasted nice. Those were the those were the good old days. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like society cared. Oh, right. Let's have a look. One, two, three. First film gratitude happy memories. Yeah. I quite like the spontaneous ones. You know the ones that just come out of nowhere. He's like, oh remember white dog poo on the pavement? Just things like that. It's like, oh, just a happy, feel-good kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, or thinking about, like, some of the TV shows, like Mork and Mindy, or The Bionic Man, and, uh, yeah, what was some of my... I'm just trying to think what my favourite TV shows were. 
I, to, to be honest, I think I just went along with what everyone else did because I didn't have any choice. In the evening, I didn't have a say. I didn't have one say. One, I didn't, I wasn't, didn't give, I wasn't given an inch, as it were. I didn't have one vote in what we watched. So we kind of, I think we just did what everybody else does. The thing is, I don't remember. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I don't remember watching Coronation Street. <laughs> don't remember watching the soaps. Really. Not at home. I do remember watching... What was it called? Um, they spit this TV show, a soap. And it was based in a, a motel. Uh, okay, I'll put that UK soap hotel. Motel Crossroads. So it's weird. Motel Crossroads. It was called Motel. We don't even have motels. Motels in a an American word. What an American thing? I don't feel we have hotels here. We don't have any motels. Motels? Any motels? UK? Well, apparently we do. Motels in United Kingdom. Book a motel. It's weird that even the word doesn't sound right. Motel. So let's have a look. Bookings.com. Motels. Okay. Search motels top region. So let's have a look at England. Molly's Motel and Diner Oxford. Wow. Now that looks like a motel. Like a proper American motel. Wow. Warren's Village Motel and Self-Catering. Most of these are very different from the American motels that I've seen in movies and TV shows. You, you know where you go in and it's... They're always the same, aren't they? Well, they're, they're either all one level on the ground next to a diner or they're kind of multi-leveled and that seems to be the, the two the two types of motels 
that I've seen. Oh, but there are, oh, there are some that actually do have swimming pools that I, I'm just thinking back. Now I want to go and have a look. USA motels. Well, that's interesting. 14 cheap motel chains in the USA. Yeah. That is, I've just seen a picture. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I've seen in movies. You know, since childhood, really. I can't really go much further beyond childhood, can I, really? To be honest. Oh, it's a lovely picture. I like it. Uh, that's like Motel 6. So this is a website I found, travelinglifestyle.net. And it's, uh, it says, A road trip across the enormous area of the U.S. is a great way to explore this country. It lets you take advantage of the U.S. busy cities and also allows you to explore the countryside and get flabbergasted by the amazing natural sights you will drive along. Okay. This does come at a cost, though. Long cross-country road trips can become quite expensive. You have to drive a car, pay for gas. Dry. Prices are low in the U.S., but it would still add up. Really? Well, we have petrol. I'm not sure quite. Why do you call it gas? It's petrol, isn't it? Do you use gas? Like, like a gas oven. That's weird. So you can't actually see it going in. So basically, when you fill your car up, it's like filling a helium balloon up. How do you stop your car from floating away? Ah. We have petrol over here. It's, um... It's like leaded and unleaded, but it's actually liquid. It's not gas. It's, uh... You know, you can actually see it, and it's... It's... Smelly, it's proper smelly it is. I quite like the smell. I must have, I don't know, I must have, when I was a kid, I think it, oh I know what it is. I know why. It's because when I was 16, 15, yeah 15 to be fair, probably about 15. I had a moped. Oh, I didn't use it on the road, but I owned, I think I had two or three mopeds and I was playing with them, trying to sort of figure out how to work them and how to fix them and change them and, you know, all that stuff. And it's, uh, the smell is something quite um nice about the smell of working on a 
on a, a motorbike. It's probably this, in, I guess, on cars as well. If you're a mechanic, there's a certain, you know, there's a certain smell in a, in a garage that is kind of quite nice, quite alluring. I don't know what it is. It's just, but I think mine was just probably connected to being that young kid. Uh, probably enjoying a, a little bit of freedom. Enjoying, because I had a couple of friends who used to come around, so that there was a reason for people to visit me, because I had a couple of mopeds. But they were never roadworthy, but we had this, I was living in this block of flats, and there was this huge ramp that used to go up and down to the, uh, the delight of everyone that lived there, I imagine. Must have been annoying for them. But, hey, what can I do? I mean, I was, I think at 15, 16, that's kind of, it was my job to annoy people. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I didn't mean to. I just, it was just, I, I was like rubbed myself up the wrong way most of the time. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, it's not a meth. You know, I'm not being, um, you know, I mean, in a kind of, uh, uh, an emotional way. That's, that's what I mean. <laughs> Moving on. So the best motel chains in the USA. Motel 6. Okay, never heard of it. Well, I have now, obviously, but... Motel 6. Super 8. Travel Lodge. So we have a travel lodge here. In the UK of England. Okay. So yeah. So we have Travel Lodge here. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm guessing it's probably the same country. Company rather. But it's not like that. I mean that's all like made of. Looks like it's made of wood. It's made of wood. We don't have houses made of wood here. We have like concrete and that must be concrete. Can't be made of wood. Really? That can't be. Especially when you have like hurricane seasons in parts of America. What's the season like? like hur- That's like it's just. It's, and I like the strong wind. I do. Especially as I got heavier. You know, seeing these light people being blown away, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, but, you know, when I say strong wind, we don't have, the most really that happens is a few trees might fall down. And it is disruptive. Obviously, and, you know, it can be, we can be dangerous as well. Um, but we don't have 
I mean, we've had like one hurricane in my lifetime that I know of. One official hurricane in 1987. But to have a hurricane season is just, it's not really mind graspable. I can't, can't grasp it. I can't, I can't even relate to it. Or the, what's the things, those, um, whirlwinds or, um, what's the thing from the Wizard of Oz? Whirlpools? Typhoon? Oh, that's a tea, isn't it? Tea bags. Typhoons. I was like, what? That's, that's almost, um, to have something like that here, you could only have it if you're really good at special effects. Because they just don't exist. They don't happen here. And I hope by saying that, it stays, it stays that way. Because, oh, blimey. I think what it might be, apart from the different... I mean, there's a scientific explanation, I realise, but without any kind of uh, knowledge... It maybe it's because of the size, because you know America's big, big country. I know it's it's not the biggest in the world, but it's still pretty huge. I mean, it's, I think you've got you've got states in America the size of England. I mean, it's I don't know if that's true. I make that up, but. I know that I was, you know, Canada's a, is a lot bigger than America. But then you got places, um, China and India. They're just huge, huge. Australia's pretty huge, isn't it? I'm just going to have a quick look. I kind of know, but I think Denmark's another one, isn't it? But you've got... The biggest landmass. Oh, okay. Biggest, largest countries in the world. Based on landmass. See, this doesn't make sense, because there's... One says that Russia is the largest country in the world based on landmass. I thought China, maybe I'm getting focused, too much focused on the amount of people because clearly China and, and, uh, India are the two highest most populated countries in the world and I think it's been that way my whole life wow according to this worldometers.info which is a very uh, 
a very well-known website to me because I used to go on there very regularly during uh, 2019, 2020. Um, Russia has got 11% of the world's landmass. Canada, 6.1%. China, China has got 63, China, 6.3% of the world's landmass. And the United States, 6.1%. Blimey, India's only got 2%. I mean, it's still a lot, isn't it? But, so the United States, is two foot three times larger landmass than India. Yet India's got probably four, five times the amount of people. Mind you, I mean, I don't think, and this is just based on what I've seen on telly, so it's not my, it's, you know, it's not a, a factual thing. But from what I've seen on telly, like let's say news articles or documentaries, things like that, I don't think I've ever seen uh, an article or TV thing where, like on India, where the people are standing too far away from each other where there's only like a couple of people there always seems to be lots and lots of people it's, it's and I don't know I mean I guess if you if there's that many people and maybe they need to stand close to each other because it's, there's not enough room I don't know and it's like one, 1. 1.4 billion or something isn't it over there I'm just, just a bit surprised. I mean, China, China's the highest, I think. There's a little bit of competition between China and, uh, India for you know, the amount of humans. It's amazing, really, isn't it? Like, the amount of Chinese people there are in the world, I rarely see one. I know if I was in London, I would probably, obviously I'd see a lot more of various different nationalities, but here, where I live, just, you'd think that they'd be everywhere, wouldn't you? What do you think about um, English people or Irish people? Look how Irish people are spread around the world. Like proper, you know, America, Canada, all around, or English people even. What's a really pop, what's some, probably ones, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it is different. I think it's a bit different in other countries. I noticed that with Thailand. Yeah, there's, 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 there's foreigners living there, you know, there's, well, the place is full of foreigners, isn't it? Thailand. <laughs> I'm talking about 
<laughs> English or German or whatever. There's lots of, but there's, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of foreigners compared to Thais. And that's, that's quite interesting that everyone's kind of, not the same, but it's, yeah. And they're very strict about their rules when it comes to people working there. They've got a list, long list of jobs that only Thai nationals are allowed to do. I mean, in a way, you'd think that it'd be quite a good place to go to because it's fair, you know, so you can live quite cheap. That'd be quite a, a good place to to try and get to, wouldn't it? If you were like in trouble somewhere else in the world. I don't know what, how, how easy it is. I'm guessing... Can I be a refugee in Thailand? Asylum applications in Thailand are currently handled by the UN's, the UN Refugee Agency. The process can be lengthy, complicated and often traumatic. Oh, that's not good. We provide our clients with legal and social support to help them navigate this process and obtain refugee status. People ask, are there any refugees in Thailand? Blimey, there's nine camps. Isn't it weird just, just by looking, delving into stuff? There's a group of refugees residing in the nine camps of mainly Karen, Kareni and Burmese ethnicity, some of who have lived in Thailand since the mid-1980s. Ah, okay. So I guess they're refugees from neighbouring countries. Because we don't have that here. We don't have refugees from neighbouring countries. We have refugees from people that travel through countries to get to us. So, oh, okay. Now, our, our main refugees is, I don't know what's going on in France, but uh, we, a lot of the French, we've got a lot of French refugees coming over here, heavy, coming over here. God, that sounds bad, doesn't it? Um, arriving. Every day, there's lots, hundreds every day apparently, 38,000 last this year so far, uh, in boats, and they're, they're from France, so I don't know what's going on in France, I, I hope France is okay, but things aren't so good over there, they're coming over here, coming over here again, that's another bad sentence isn't it, coming over here, wow I don't mean it like that, just yeah. It's a bit worrying, isn't it? wonder what's going on in France for them to want to be refugees here. 
travelling from France. Maybe they've run out of garlic or... I can some Dear Jason, I don't like your tone. You're just... Just sarcasm and... Uh, it's, it's, it's a very serious subject and you know it's not French people coming over. <laughs> well, I don't know. How do I know? I don't know. You think I'm going to believe everything I see on the news? I can't believe everything I see on the news. Partly because I know that they lie to us. I know that for a fact. Also, um, they word, the news word things in such a way as to make things look the worst it could possibly look. In fact, the news is very much the way that I dress. It's an example, I just... It's almost like I go out of my way to dress the worst, to look the worst I could possibly look. Now, I don't do that on purpose. It just happens naturally. It just happens unnaturally. This is a weird country that I live in. For those that don't live here, you're not, I don't think you're going to realise, unless you come here, and it's it's not so obvious, but there's an underlying energy in this country that is not good. <laughs> it's not. It's, there's, it's a strange, a very strange place. So if you come here on a holiday, it's probably nice. Go to Buckingham Palace. Um, is anyone going to go there now? I don't know. I mean, it's different now, isn't it? It's different. I mean, for me, the Queen was like the grandmother of this country. I know some people are full of hate and like, oh, the Queen, they're wasting our money. Right, shut up. Just shut up. You know, it's just like, even when the Queen passed away last month or whenever it was, August, was it all? Yeah, it was August, wasn't it? No. No, it was September, wasn't it? It was September. No, because I know I was, I was not around at the time, but it's September. So when she passed away, even then people were being, I heard people being uh, negative. Like, a human being has just died, man. Come on. Have a bit of respect. Yeah, but she gets paid. She gets, she hasn't done a day's work in her life. Neither of you, neither of I, what are you going on about? Judging other people when you do, do exactly the same, except you don't have to wear a dress or wave at people. 
I'm sure there's more to being a queen than wearing a dress and waving at people, but I don't know. Oh, I was, I was never, I've never done that job. How would I know? I don't know what, what the job entails. But whatever it was, she was damn good at it. And it, I think of it in a way as, if my granddad had passed away, if my, if my nan had passed away before my granddad, and my granddad was left, I wouldn't have visited him, probably. On my own, anyway. I would have gone with my dad or, you know, but I would not have gone and knocked on his door on my own because he never spoke to me. He didn't say a word, literally. He'd welcome me in, make me a cup of tea, make me a sandwich to eat, you know, he'd, but he wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't, and he'd basically, he'd, he'd either, he'd make the sandwich and just, just, I think once he just stared at me, wait for me to eat it. Another or he might go into the garden and do something, you know. And he was a good man. It just, I just don't think he liked me very much. And then, you know, I wouldn't have visited him. But because my, because he went first and my nan was there, I visited her. And it's, I think it's, I don't know if it's going to be like that with, with Prince Charles. I know that they weren't married, him and his mum, but she was very popular around the world. And she's been around forever. Well, she was around forever. I feel like she still is around. It's, it's, it's weird. It just, you know, it's the Queen. I still think of her as being here. Even though I don't really think of her a lot, you know, I don't I give a, I don't spend hours every day thinking of the royal family. I never have. I used to give a little bit of attention to Prince Diane, Princess Diana, when I was in my late teens. But, it's, you know, it's, there used to be quite a few pictures of her in the newspapers. So I, it's easier to get a newspaper, isn't it, when you're only like 14. It's hard to get, I mean, if anything, it's hard to actually reach the, the top shelves of the newsagents. Never mind, uh, buy, you know, the magazine. But yeah, I, I had a, I don't know. With the queen. She was a queen. And I, I know it's a, it's an outdated, I know that, I know it's outdated, but you know what? So are manners. So are lots of things. But I like manners. I like Please and thank you. Giving up your seat on the bus for an elderly person. That's outdated. And a lot of people won't do it anymore. 
I like that. I don't, I don't like other people not doing it anymore. I like the, the tradition of doing that. Of let, you know, and they put, they put notices on the, on the, on the walls of the buses, but it's not law. It's not law. You don't have to give your seat up to someone. The only person I won't give my seat up to is, well, two, kids and pregnant women. I'd, as far as I'm concerned, look, if someone's had a, if someone's elderly or someone's got a, on a walking stick, they've had a hip replacement or something like that, you know, give them the seat. But someone's pregnant, that's self-inflicted. That's your own, that's your own fault. Don't be looking for sympathy. If you're gonna leave the house, <laughs> God, can you imagine? I'm absolutely offended. I, 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 I used to like your podcast and then you started having to go at pregnant ladies or humans. I don't know what the correct term is these days. And I don't care. And look, I'm joking. I'm joking. me. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd, I give my C up for anyone. I don't care. I'm not. It depends. Sometimes I don't. You know, if I'm at the back of the bus. If I'm at the back of the bus or near the back of the bus and someone gets on a bus that may need a seat, sometimes, just sometimes, because especially if it's, if I've just got on and I've got a, you know, 40 minute journey and I'm a bit tired. And I've been standing, walking around for hours, and I'm a bit tired. And I'm sitting there on the bus, and it's a very, 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 very busy, packed, jam-packed bus. This, and someone gets on that may require a seat. I don't offer my seat up always. I'll be honest, I don't always offer my seat. If I'm at the back. If I'm at the front, I will. Or even sort of midsection. But at the back, my logic is, you know, I justify it myself by thinking, well, the people at the front should do that. There's some logic to that, I think. I think it makes a bit of sense. Makes a bit of sense. My chair's creaking. Everything creaks in this place. Yeah, it makes a bit of sense. And everything. The other thing is. Well, I don't want to get up. Uh, there's that. I don't want to. You know, but the other thing is I don't want to make a fuss because 
if you're at the front of the bus and you get up, they get on. That's it. But if you're at the back of the bus, you have to get their attention. It's almost like you're causing... I kind of... Like you're standing up. Hello? Hello? You can you can sit here. Hi. You can sit here if you want. Do you want to sit in my seat? Come on then. And... It's almost like you're in, you're in making an announcement. You're about to sing a song or something. And you might say, well, why don't you just get out of your seat and walk up to the person? If you do that, by the time you get to the front, someone else has got all have sat in your seat. Yeah? So, it's, I, I think, I think all things through. Well, not all things. Um, Obviously, but so I got that logic of someone at the front should let them have the seat, or someone at the front, or someone at, you know, in you know, the first few within spitting distance. I'm not saying that they should measure whether or not they should give the seat up, is whether or not they spit and it actually hits the person. I'm not saying that. I'm just spitting distance as in, you know, you, you, it's not a good term, is it really? Spitting distance. Let's scrub that out. Um, I, there's a part of me in that situation, especially if I'm on a bus full of young people where I want to become an old grumpy old adult. And start telling people what to do. Which is not a particularly good idea generally. But some people do that, don't they? They will go and like, hey, give your seat up, son. Give your seat up. Get off your seat. That old lady needs a seat. Get off your seat. See that person over there? The one on the floor? You don't want to walk and stick. Give him, give him your seat. And some people, you know, do that. And I'm not really one of, yeah, I don't really have that. I've probably done it a few times, but I do it gently, you know. And you can only do it if you haven't got a seat yourself. You, you can't get up out of your own seat at the front and sell to someone, oh, Get out of that seat. That, that man needs this seat. See, I think I'm just too compassionate. Too compassionate. Um, I'm probably the most, probably the most compassionate person in the world. And one of the things that I hate, two things I hate most about buses, you know, bus journeys, uh, in sort of those sort of situations, as I said, is the people that just sit on a bus, sit on a seat, and they put all their belongings, or they, they sit over two seats, so you can't get on the seat, and they completely ignore you. And the other people is uh, the ones in wheelchairs. They take up so much room. It's... <laughs> 
Uh, that's why I was saying about how compassionate I was, because I was leading up to saying that, which is not true. Well, it is true. They do, wheelchairs do take an enormous amount of, um, people with push chairs and prams take up way too much room. It's just not practical. Um, it's not practical on a busy bus. It works. See, if I had a brain and I had a, a, a pram or push chair, whatever it is, and I was going to travel on a bus and I had to go somewhere, providing I didn't have to be there at a certain time, you know, I would travel when it was quiet on the bus, knowing that I could get on there. And I think a lot of people do do that. I'd say probably, you know, uh, I suppose it's going to be those entitled people that I think the whole world evolves around them. People like me, in fact, that like, everyone should get out of the way. I've got a pram. I've given birth. I am the Virgin Mary. I have contributed to the world in an amazing way. Or maybe you haven't. Maybe you've actually drained more of the world's resources by having another baby. Yeah, that's what the planet needs. Another, f <laughs> another mouth to feed. Yeah, another car to fill with petrol. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. I don't care. I've got, I've got no opinion on the subject. I think it's great. Have more babies. Don't have more babies. Become a parachutist, whatever that is, you know, learn calligraphy, I don't care, none of my business, do what you want, none of my business, where is the UK of England on the list of landmass? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, come on. Where is it? You're joking. Come on, it's got to be... It can't be that small. No, come on, this is ridiculous. It's got to be... Right, okay. Right. Apparently, Channel Islands takes up 0% of the world. <laughs> that doesn't really matter. Monaco takes up 0% of the world. How can that even be? That's just ridiculous, isn't it? You can't take up 0%. I'm looking for my country. Well, I don't really have a country. There's, it's weird. It's an island, isn't it, England? The island of England. Do you remember what, would you remember when Ireland used to be called Ireland? Now it's the island of Ireland. Because some dumbwits decided that we should all follow by and call it that. I wonder if anybody who lives in Ireland, when asked, where do you live? We're doing a holiday, they say, Oh, the island of Ireland. 
No. Well, maybe now. I did, I just, just, I did notice that Ireland follow. It kind of, they're quite easily influenced in a, in a weird way, like, I'm not sure why. See, they, they just like welcomed, I might be wrong here, but they just, they seem to welcome the Europe, uh, the European finance, like, the, was it, uh, the Euro? We refuse to have it here. Not even a Euro. In fact, we've got our own money, why would we want, huh? So, we've got the Euro, you know, they've got the Euro. They introduced a smoking ban, I think, before we did. And everyone like, okay. Like, what? There's people here still don't accept a smoking ban. 20 years later. You know, in pubs and places like that, I mean. Yeah, so look. Okay. United Arab Emirates, one, it's not even one percent of the, Cuba. Surname, or Suriname. That's a weird name of a place. Suriname. United Kingdom, 0.2%. We're number 80 on the list. We're just above Uganda and just below Guinea. Now Uganda, that's just Africa, isn't it? Why don't we just call it Africa? Why have we got, why have they got to have different countries? Just countries Africa. No. Africa is a continent. <laughs> it's a landmass. It's, it's, if there's sea surrounding, it's a country. You know, Germany, Italy, Spain, it's just one country. They're little towns, as far as I'm concerned, they're towns in a country. Europe is a country. Isn't it strange though, don't you think it's quite strange how the Middle East is so close and Africa so close in a way to Europe, like Africa is, it's what, like uh, two and a half miles away from Spain or something, it's just across literally a uh, 30, 30 minute bus ride or something like that, and then you've got the Middle East, which obviously there's lots of different parts of the Middle East, but where is it? Um, I'm just having a quick look. Okay. Middle East parts of Europe. So the Middle East parts of Europe. Turkey. 
So I'm just having a look. I'm trying to find the different places. So you got Turkey, which is countries usually considered within the Middle East. Cyprus. That's Europe, isn't it? Isn't it? Turkey. Definitely Europe. But it's Middle East. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's just very strange. Someone's tickling our knickknacks. Honestly, it's just... Everything's much closer. But then I know that... uh, Where is it? Saudi Arabia is... You know, six... Is it 3,000 miles away from here? Saudi Arabia. How long does it take to get to... Turkey. Distance to Turkey. Distance to Turkey from UK. From Uk. The distance is a 45 hour, yeah, if you're driving, blimey, stop. Three hours and 40 minutes on a plane. Which means it's about uh, one and a half thousand miles. Yeah, about one and a half thousand miles away from here. The reason I worked that out is, well, maybe a bit less, but you know, uh, a twelve-hour flight is 6,000 miles, roughly. So, a three and a half hour flight, three, six, nine, twelve, so, you know, give or take, but maybe 1,700 miles. Yeah. How far away is Turkey? In fact, it's 1.8 mile, 1.8 thousand miles. I was nearly right. Nearly right. It's amazing how everything's changed. Well, not everything, but so much has changed. So much has changed. So much has changed. So much. You know, when I was a kid... Temperatures were high. I'm not talking about the temperatures. Well, I did just say temperatures, but when it was hot, the numbers were high. When it was cold, the temperatures were cold. It was like, you know. Now, I don't remember really getting into the cold temperatures. But I remember the hot temperatures. And when it was 94 degrees 
it was hot. You know, when it was in the 90s, it was a hot day. Now, it's the 30s. It's, you know, if you're in the 30s, it's really hot. The 30 degrees doesn't sound hot. 90 degrees does. Is that another thing to blame Europe for? I don't know. It's, this country blames Europe for quite a few things. I think it's a shame we left Europe. I say we, I didn't leave anything. It's, uh, I never, I never understood what losing face was. Or, you know, not wanting to lose face. I never really related to it. Because I was told that one of the things about Thai people is they don't, they don't like to lose face. And I'm like, what does that actually mean? And I think what it really means is they don't like to back down. don't they don't like to admit when they're wrong what's wrong with admitting when you're wrong if you're wrong you're wrong it is isn't that just normal communication how would i know what normal communication is but you know i'm just i'm putting it out there i mean wouldn't it being wrong, admitting when you're wrong is almost a, quite a good thing, isn't it? You know, sorry about that. I was, you know, I go out of my way to tell people when I'm wrong. If I say to someone something and then I do a little bit of research and check, fact check myself, which I do when I'm making these recordings, I do a little bit of fact checking, I make stuff up. I say things that aren't real. I say things even like my, like it's my opinion, but it's not really my opinion. I don't care. I'm not interested, really. But sometimes I will fact check my own stuff that I've said to someone. And if it comes out that I was wrong, I will go to them and say, look, sorry about that. You know, they're not even interested. They weren't interested to start with. The day before when I was telling them that thing, their eyes were glazing over and they were getting ready to you know, basically go to sleep because they were so bored of what I was saying. They don't want to hear me tell them about how I'd, I didn't lie. I didn't purposefully lie because I've got, uh, I've got a rule in life. It's not that I don't lie, but I don't lie, generally. I, I make stuff up for the podcast and, you know, like for a joke or something, you know, generally. But I don't lie because I don't need to. Because it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Because they're not important. They're important to them. They're not important to me. What they think is important to them. What I say is important to me, maybe. Usually it's not, actually. But what they think doesn't matter. 
just like what I think doesn't matter to them probably. I might need a toilet. Anyway, what was my point? Oh yeah, I don't lie. Because there's just no point. There's nothing to gain. Now, if I'm going to lie, I want to gain something from it. You don't want to come out of it on top. Or on bottom, not on bottom. You know, I, I don't see the point in lying. Some people just, their natural, their very natural thing to do is to lie. For no reason. Like, about the most trivial things. And they're the ones, they're the proper liars. Because they will lie about stuff that's important. If they lie about trivial things, just, if their first instinct is just to lie. And I'm talking about serious, in a serious life, you know, not, not in like as a joke or, but this is the first, uh, yeah, the first thing, the first go-to place is just to lie. Then, but why? I don't understand it really. I never really understood it. I mean, yeah, if you're a thief, then lying goes with the territory because if someone says to you, did you take, did you take my banana? And if you said, did you steal my banana? Yeah, I did. Well, it doesn't make you a very good thief, does it? I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta work on your art. Because if you've, if you've got away with it, and they have to ask you if you've taken the banana, it means they don't know. Generally, they might have, they might have film footage. They might have evidence. Um, there may be bits of banana around your mouth that you didn't realize or bits of banana skin hanging from your beard. I've been caught out from that in the past. Or you might have been grasped up by the low, by a monkey who caught you, who like saw you doing it and like, and the person said to the monkey, did he eat the banana? And the monkey said, <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't know. That was my impression of, of a monkey. I hope that you're happy. I, I feel quite pleased with that. I actually feel really happy with that impression. Love monkeys. Oh, honestly, I don't think anything could give me more pleasure. Okay. It's not totally true, but I'm just, you know, I think monkeys just, just make me smile. Really, if, if I've been to the zoo, the monkeys are the highlight for me. Always have been, always will be. I know some people are like, ooh, I like the lions. Yeah, and I'd like you too if you was the other side of the cage. The other side of the glass. You got to protect the lions. I tell you what, why don't you get, spend five minutes in that, in that, 
enclosure with that lion and then let us know if you think we should keep them all <laughs> we should we should uh, protect them all you might have a different opinion after you've been eaten um oh they're so cuddly and cute no they're not no they're not you go there with you go there with the glass you know and the lion's looking through the glass at your little daughter and your daughter's looking oh he's so cute and you're thinking oh yeah the lion wants to eat your child that's what it's look. it's not looking cute he's, the lion's thinking mmm mmm yum 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 see they're not cute they're not cuddly they're not nice they're not nice they're not. They're no nicer than a crocodile. It's just, oh, they're so cuddly. They're like big kitty cats. They're like my little cat that I've got in my... But no, they're not. <laughs> they're really not. They're nothing like the cat you've got. There's nothing like the pussy that you have on your lap, stroking, you know, purring at you. Poo, poo. That's not anything like a lion or a tiger. It's completely different. No, they're the same, really. No, they're not. They're nothing like each other. No. It's like me saying, oh, yeah, well, my body's, my body's very similar to that of, of um, uh, Mr. Olympia, you know, top bodybuilding. Uh, yeah, I kind of got a similar body to, to, to the top bodybuilder in the world or to, uh, the world's strongest man. Our body's kind of similar. No, it's nothing like each other. It's, it's, you couldn't get further away from that. It doesn't matter what I do ever. I can, I can go to the gym three hours a day, every day for the rest of my life and I won't even be 1% of what a Mr. Olympia would be what a top bodybuilder would be or what a st- world's strongest man would be I might be able, I might be able to lift 10% of what they lift but I'm never going to be that I'm never going to be able to do that because I don't have I'm not (laughs) I can't lift a washing machine out in front of me with one hand and I can't imagine I'm ever going to be able to do that I'll be honest with you I don't think it's ever going to happen even going to the gym every day holding a washing machine out in front of me in each hand for like you know five minutes or something no it's not going to happen and I don't aspire to that you know we just got to accept that I'm not ever going to be the world's strongest man and it's not defeated it's like just reality I'm never going to be an astronaut probably probably I mean, I don't know. Astronauts might not be such a big deal in the future. If Elon Musk 
really, you know, is serious about getting humans into space, you know, perhaps it will get to a point where anyone can can do it. And you know what? William Shatner went into space with um, the Amazon man. Now, I figure this, yeah. No matter what's going on with me, no matter, you know, I'm healthier than William Shatner. He's 98 years old. I'm going to be healthier than him. I'm half his age. I just, just, I should be fitter than he is. Maybe not healthier is not a good word, but uh, fitter. And by the way, I want William Shatner to live forever because I love him. But there you go. That's just enough of that. Enough of that soppiness. But I do. I love, I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone to pass away, but especially people that I like. Especially to someone like him, he's just, I mean, you could say, well, he's just an actor. He was in a TV, he was in a popular science fiction TV show and he milked that tit for all he could. And yeah, he did. He milked it and he milked it and he milked it dry until dust came out. But it, and he turned that dust into a movie script. <laughs> it, no, but it's, it's like, so what? People love Star Trek. Some people love Star Trek. You know, not everyone. But you're not everyone anything. That's a good, that's going to be my, the title of my book. Not everyone anything. So. I'm going to go. Maybe I will one day go into space. But the chances, you know, generally, because I always thought that astronauts had to have like super, super fitness. Now, Captain Kirk at 98. I mean, he's got to be one of the fittest 98 year olds in the world. But there's only about five people in the world that are his age, you know, 98. How many people are there in the world? Perhaps I need to search that out. How many hundred-year-olds? No. What? No way. This doesn't make sense. There can't be that many. Well, according to this... No. It can't be. Well, no, sorry. I'm just really surprised. 
In 2012, the United Nations estimated that there were 316,600 people living who are 100 years old or more. They call them centurions. might be up to a million but it says here world estimations 2015 uh, 451,000 people over the age of 100 or 100 or more I mean you know every day is a blessing isn't it but literally when you're 100 it's got to be very strange experience I've only really met one person I mean my name was 96 but she wasn't active or at that point I've only met one person that was physically active and she was I think she was 98 or 99 and she was volunteering in this elderly place where they served food and stuff to the elderly and she was volunteering and she was older than all the other people there combined and she just like wow she was 90 I think she was 99 something like that and she was physically fit she was walking around she could talk god she could talk and it was weird. She didn't look more than about 80. In fact, she probably looked, yeah, probably about 80. She looked about 80. But I'd never met anyone else like that. It's the first person, it's the first and last. Um, God, we very, I remember saying, oh, I'll meet my daughter, uh, helping her out because she's, her daughter was retired. I remember my nan. I think, uh, no. Yeah, no. I'm losing track. I'm losing track. But I remember, when, I think my nan was if it's really like I don't know if it was when my, when one of her sons turned 70 and she was just really like oh, I can't believe I've got children in their 70s this is really you know she really like it made me laugh I've got children in their 70s and I said yeah you got grandchildren in their late 40s They're like wow just thinking about it, four years, five years older than me, five, six, seven, she might actually have had a grandchild in her 50s before she left, at least like 48, 49. I was 45, 44, I was 44. 
Yeah. No, it's two two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Blimey, it's eight years ago. Time don't it fly? Don't it fly? How many one hundred rolls in the United Kingdom? Fifteen thousand one hundred twenty. And in America, 97,914. Blimey. I just, 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 can't. Mind you, you think about it. Percentage-wise... I'm going to see which is the highest percentage. Malaysia. Malaysia is the highest percentage. How can it be 134.68? Oh yeah, it's that's per 100,000 people. So Malaysia has got the highest percentage of 100-year-old people. And... I wish I could get this in. Okay. India's got the smallest percentage. Only 2.1%. Ah, I thought it'd be quite high for some reason. It's 6.2% worldwide. UK, where are we? Where's the UK? 23%. Per 100,000, and America is. It's not even on the list. Yes, it is. 28%. Oh. Of 20, no, it is 28. 28, not percent. 28 100 year olds. Per 100,000 people. Wow. Which is 2.2. I don't know. I can't figure it out. I can't work that one out. It's a very small percentage, isn't it? Oh, wow. So I'm going to go. Thank you for listening. Remember to be kind to yourself. Lots of love.